It was because I was really compelled to listen to the call of my own heart to do the things that I knew I came here to do. So it requires kind of a conscientiousness, first of all, about what it, what's in your soul. What are you coded for? What are you designed for? How are you meant to be sharing your gifts, talents, and abilities? So that's one thing. And the other thing is that <clears throat> I believe that confusion is actually a mask for not allowing yourself to have the thing that you know that you want to have. Hello, hello, beautiful people on the other side of this podcast. Welcome to High Vibinate. If you are new here, this is hopefully going to be one of your favorite podcasts ever. Every week we come to you with inspirational content to help you live your best life, feel empowered, heal your emotions, love yourself, go in the direction of your dreams, all that beautiful stuff. We stand for quality of life and raising your vibration. So we are here to help you do that. Unfortunately, my co-host, Lindsay Robinson, she's a hypnotherapist. She's awesome. One of my best friends. She lost her voice. I think this is like for the first time ever in podcast history. So if you're like, where's Lindsay? She is currently taking a nap, which is the best thing she could be doing. So everyone send the good healing vibes to Lindsay and her throat so that she can come back next week and be on. Um, but in the meantime, I have a wonderful guest today who is going to just light up your earbuds. I'm super excited to have her on. Her name is Dr. Robin McKay. She's an author. She is the queen of self-actualization. She's an intuitive channel, a podcast host, ADHD and spiritual entrepreneurs media expert, and an award-winning psychologist. So as if that wasn't enough things, I would love to have Robin explain in her own words, how she helps people, what she does, and tell us a little bit about how you came to this work, your story into it, as it were. I love stories. Thank you so much for having me on. And I have to tell you, if you hear thunder in the background, I've got a major weather system coming through right now in Scottsdale, Arizona. I think they held off until after all the things yesterday. We had the Super Bowl, we had yes. the golf tournament, like all the things. So, and I told everybody, don't bet against the Chiefs. And I was right. <laughs> I will curse you and your family. Well, it was so funny. My husband was going to bet against the chiefs and I told him, and usually I don't care, like I, whatever, but I told him on no certain terms, do not bet against the chiefs. And he listened to me and he was glad that he listened Good. to me. Happy so, wife, happy life. It. That's yeah. what they say. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so happy to be it. here and, and we will miss Lindsay and uh, I can't wait to connect with her at some point as well, but you asked a whole bunch of questions about how I got started in this work. And I was thinking about, I always wonder about the point of entry for this. I think that where I want to start is that I had a quarter life crisis when I was, I was about 27 or 28. When I looked around my life, it was a good life. I was married to my college sweetheart. Uh, we were living in Kansas city area. So there's my chief's connection. And I had wanted to be a doctor and write books from the time I was like five years old. I knew that all those years ago, I knew I was supposed to be doing that. And I hadn't been doing that. Instead, I had been working in the biotech and pharmaceutical industry as a clinical scientist, a writer. I was married and it was, he was a good guy. It wasn't that at all. It just, I looked around my life at that point and I found a, 
a picture of me from when I graduated from high school. Remember, remember those high school graduation pictures of cap and gown. Mm-hmm. My eyes were bright. I was so excited. I looked like I had the world by the tail. And that was 10 years before when I found that picture at 27 or 28, I was like, okay, where are you? Because you're not here. And this is not the life that I imagined for myself. And it was really in that moment that I started asking different questions and dove pretty deeply into an existential crisis. I will say, I called it a quarter life crisis, but really it was like, what am I doing with my life? And it was soon after that, that my husband and I decided to get divorced. I went back to school almost immediately to get my master's degree in psychology. And at the same time, I had all of these spiritual questions opening as well. I had been intuitive from the time I was a little girl, but I was never fully, I never fully owned it. In other words, it was the thing that I could do, like I would know stuff and not really know why I knew it. I would have downloads for papers that I had to write or whatever. Like I had all of these abilities, but didn't understand. And certainly. You're fine. I can cut it out. Okay. Sorry. No worries. Happens to me literally every time I record. I'm like, oh, my sister's calling. Oh, my mom's calling. You guys know I record on Monday. I kind (laughs) of want to look and see. Okay. So all this to say, I apologize for them. Now I'm distracted because I also have ADHD. No worries. You're good. So I had, I had all of these spiritual questions as well. And I really started undergoing a deep transformation on the spiritual level as well, which led into a seven-year apprenticeship in spiritual intelligence, along with getting my PhD in psychology. So I really had these two kind of integrated um, areas that were emerging at that time. So that's how I came into being a psychologist is all those years ago, I knew I was supposed to be a doctor. I had my quarter life crisis and really just turned the corner on living out my purpose, even at the expense of the public expense, if you will, of divorcing my husband and starting my life over and doing all the things that now has become more commonplace, but this was 20 years ago. So it was a little bit of a different, um, different vibe around leaving marriages and things like that. So that's, that's how I arrived here. My quest has always been around self-actualization on my Instagram. I'm a little cheeky. I say I'm the queen of self-actualization. I don't think that anybody fully actualizes in this life, but I do think that when you're on a quest to fully develop yourself as a human being, to figure out what your gifts, talents, and abilities are, what your mission is as a soulful, spiritual being, those are all parts of the process of self-actualizing, of living into your fullest potential, of extracting yourself from any kind of programming or mindsets or trauma that might be blocking you from expressing your highest potential. And that's what I spend my life doing now is really working with people in that area. They come a lot from the place of who am I? What am I supposed to be doing now? There's a lot of existential crisis and existential angst going on in the world right now, appropriately so. Yeah. And so that's usually when people come into me is like, they're like WTF is going on. <laughs> yeah. What the yeah. F is my life? And yeah. this what, is, what even is this? Like the fit anymore. Your story, I'm sure is so relatable and it's really beautiful and powerful. And thank you for sharing that. And mm. when you were like, yeah, my story begins with like a quarter life crisis. I was just thinking like, 
Yeah, it happens to the best of us. Because mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> my story and really most of the people who come on our podcast, lots of people who are into personal development and on the spiritual healing path, like it all starts with, you know, hitting the wall or the pain threshold or the crisis of some mm-hmm. kind. Um, so it is interesting how a lot of our stories, the interesting part really starts there, you know, the contrast before the expansion. Um, it's just like, classic you know happens to the best of us if anyone's out there listening like oh i'm going through it right now know that it's not in vain you're gonna come out the other side it's like really designed to give you a mirror to help you access more clarity and with the clarity and information and personal truths you can go in a more authentic direction for yourself something that lights you up more feels more exciting feels more in alignment so and I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly too with this is a time where so much transition is happening collectively but also individually in people's lives whether it's work or relationship there are many huge changes and I think COVID part of the silver lining of that era was to help people really reevaluate things right we're spending so much time Mm -hmm. at home so much time in our heads so much time with ourselves and I think a lot of people realized "Hmm, the way I've been living my life recently up until this point maybe isn't feeling that great to me anymore it's not really working for me the way that I want it to I'm feeling called to something more and um before we hopped on the call I was really excited to speak with you um especially about the topic of like going for or going in the direction of your gifts, whether that means leaving your job or your relationship or whatever part of your life is no longer working for you. Um, Because I think that is a really timely topic. And I know there are a lot of people just in my world, coaching clients. I know people who listen to the podcast who are wanting to shift out of something as big in their life as a job into something else but they're not quite sure like what that something else is so they're really just in a place of like clarity that I want to leave but confusion of like where I want to go type of space um so I'm curious your thoughts on on that and I would love to hear more about like your transition whether it was like the mindset that helped you to shift out of confusion or what was it that helped you the most you feel like to move into a space of leaving your steady job to do your own thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, in my PhD program, I actually focused on career development and really understanding the vocational psychology piece of things. And so I was able to simultaneously, as I was studying this, I was actually going through my own job transitions as well. And one of the pieces of research I think is so interesting is that people at this point don't change jobs just five times throughout their lifetime. That used to be kind of the the general feeling is that we would change jobs, stay in the same field, change jobs. Now people are changing careers at least five times across their, their lifespan. So I was kind of an early adopter of this. And when I look back at how I shifted my career from the time I was in undergrad and I was running a swim school 
Then I moved into biotech. My undergrad is in biology and I thought I would go to medical school. But when I didn't get in the first time I, I applied, I didn't have somebody around saying, listen, just go back and try again. I leapt into biotech and I spent five or so years in biotech moving into psychology. And I've just always made these little pivots in my career that didn't always make sense, especially to most people who were yeah. still in the thinking of, I'm going to, I have to stay in the same job with the same you know, company from the time I start until I retire and get a gold watch and, you know, go, you know, golf and whatever retired people do these days. <laughs> so one of the things that I came to terms with early on in my process was I was never confused. I was never, I, I it wasn't that I didn't have some push and pull with leaving, yeah. but it wasn't because of confusion. It was because I was really compelled to listen to the call of my own heart, to do the things that I knew I came here to do. So it requires kind of a conscientiousness, first of all, about what it, what's in your soul. What are you coded for? What are you designed for? How are you meant to be sharing your gifts, talents, and abilities? So that's one thing. And the other thing is that <clears throat> I believe that confusion is actually a mask for not allowing yourself to have the thing that you know that you want to have or that yes. you desire. Yes, it's like that you don't sense. want to admit to your desire, so mm -hmm. you just pretend to yourself that Yeah, I'm just confused. It's yes. like going to the restaurant and seeing the menu and seeing the thing that you want but maybe it's too expensive or maybe it's too many calories or maybe, maybe, maybe. And so then you say, oh, I'm confused. Well, are you really? Right. <laughs> or are you just not allowing yourself to have the thing that you desire? Mm. So I think that that's an important consideration when you are making the decision to leave your career. You might also be processing through other people's confusion about what the F is she actually doing leaving the steady job and her insurance and her 401k and whatever it is in order to pursue this other thing. Certainly that has been the case in my life. Most recently, I'll share the story that this was 10 years ago. I was still working at the university at Arizona State University. I was a psychologist. I had won some awards for my work. I had started a new program for gifted kids that was all about positive psychology. From the outside looking in, it looked like I had gotten the gold stars and everything. And inside I was like, oof, like I, I'm feeling really like I need to go again. But I had a lot of guilt about leaving the students that I was working with. I had the story in my head was, I'll just wait for them to graduate and then I'll go. Like, really? What even is that? And yeah. it wasn't even until I, it was until this, I had this moment where I was like, how dare I, how dare I, tell these students and teach them to follow their dreams, to live their best lives, to live into their potential when I'm not doing that. How dare I? And that was kind of another turning point for me where I was like, holy smokes, I really don't have an excuse anymore to do this thing other than it's scary as shit to leave. Yeah. A full and the thing, here's the thing, and you might relate to this. I was working at a major university. I had a big brand behind me. Um, and that was something that I had to come to terms with as I was stepping out into my own as an executive coach to do this work that I'm doing now. Who am I if I am not affiliated with a major university? Yeah. So there was that kind of, I was almost, I'm, it, I was almost captivated by the, the headline of who I worked for. When 
it was a pretty uneven relationship other than, you know, obviously they paid me for my work, but I think that that was something that I didn't expect. Again, it wasn't confusion. It was just like, like, who am I, if I'm not this, I better have a really cool brand that I can step into in order for me to feel okay about leaving. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And it's reminding me of like, what a lot of people go through when they're going through this or have gone through this is the identity shift and like the mm-hmm. ego death that has oh, to happen yeah. in order to step into your new version of yourself. So like my fiance used to play professional football, but now he's in sales. And mm-hmm. that was a really hard transition for him yep. to go from I'm this professional athlete. I was like sculpted by God to like use my body in this really physically demanding way and like never let the team down and like entertain America. And like I was meant to do all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like you're not that. And then you're just like, okay, what am I? And I had a similar mm-hmm. thing. I was actually training my whole life to be a professional ballerina. And then yes. I became injured. So I kind of fell into the work of hairstyling. So I was always really good at that. And I suffered a huge identity crisis and spiritual awakening in that moment of like, I'm nothing if I'm not a dancer. Mm -hmm. And you tie all your worth to what you do, which obviously isn't all your worth, but it's easy to get wrapped up in that when you've dedicated your life or a certain amount of your life to it. So for anyone who's listening, that's like, yeah, just know (laughs) you're not Mm -hmm. alone. This happens Mm -hmm. to a lot of us. And it's normal to, you know, have to almost like, mourn that part of yourself or just stepping into the new identity can be scary or hard or heavy. Um, And I'm glad that we're just having this conversation to normalize the experience of how fearful it can be to let go of your old self or your old title or your old coworkers or your old clients even. Like right now I'm transitioning out of doing hair. And when you were talking about um, feeling like you couldn't leave your students and then you're like, oh, I have to do it, you know? Um, I was thinking of myself and I was like, yeah, it's pretty easy to use your clients or or your team or the people you work Mm -hmm. with or work for as the excuse to hold yourself back. But I kind of feel like it's almost like when really unhappy married couples with kids are like, we have to stay together for the kids, but they're both suffering and it creates a lot of drama in the household and everybody can feel it. And it's like, is that really the example you want to set? Or should you just live your best life and, you know, bless bless your ex and move on and your kids will be happier too even though they might have divorced parents in the long run like it reminds me of that situation too so I think you brought up a really good point of like following our hearts not always super easy but you have to admit to yourself what you desire and then I feel like the next step and correct me if I'm wrong but you got to admit to what you want and then you have to commit to what you want because a lot of people especially in the law of attraction space, they're like, oh, if I just think about it, it'll happen. It's like, if you don't commit to it, it's not gonna happen. Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, 
manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal. Once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal. And that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. I'm sorry, but it's probably not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I saw a meme recently. You know, I do a lot with people with ADHD. I have ADHD myself. Uh, a lot of people with ADHD who I work with are highly intuitive. They're creative and they've also got this label. So in one of, there's so many really good Instagram accounts for ADHD and some of them have memes. So there's one meme of five blackbirds sitting on a fence. And the question is four of them them decide to fly off the fence how many are left on the fence and the answer is five because just because you decide something doesn't mean right that you've actually taken action a lot of times especially with people who have ADHD it's the it's that inner volition that that um, there's a word for it that completely escapes me right now it'll come back around but just that the stepping into the unknown or the taking action after the decision, that's the, that's the challenge. And, you know, there's that whole leap and then the net will appear, build the plane while you're flying it, all of those things. It's just, if you, if you stay trapped in the decision spiral, I decided, but I'm not doing anything that creates a lot of angst as well. And that's why I think it's so important for those of us on the the actualization journey to have partnerships with coaches, with mentors, with people who can kind of stabilize us during those leaps. Because in fact, this is a journey that we're not meant to do by ourselves. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the other thing I want to share with you. When I left ASU all those years ago, I made the decision to leave. I walked into the director's office. I slid my letter of resignation across her desk and she kind of sat back and was a little surprised. And then when she thought about it, she could understand why there had been some things that had kind of taken place that made sense why I was leaving. But after I left, I had a major trauma response. Like major, I remember I was at my sister's house afterwards and I was, I was having a panic attack and I'm laying on the couch sobbing, like, and not like pretty like tears, but like gnashing my teeth and like really a physical trauma response. And she stopped me and she said, did they ask you to leave? And then I got pissed. I'm like, no, <laughs> of course they didn't. She said, well, you're crying as though you didn't have a choice. And it was in that moment, I'm always grateful. This is, I've got two sisters and this is the one who's the truth teller. And she's the one who is one of my partners in crime. Like she's probably the one who earlier in the episode called when we were talking, right? <laughs> so just that idea that she was there in that moment to witness my, the trauma that I was experiencing, the panic that I was experiencing to say what she saw so that I could make a different decision so that there was something that was unconscious that needed to become conscious in that moment. And then to move with me through this whole process of evolving my career, evolving myself, meeting my divine life partner along the way, like all of these things that have unfolded as a result of me just saying yes to my most deeply held desires, which was to have this thriving business, to work with spiritual entrepreneurs and leaders and CEOs and all the people that whose lives I touch and who contribute to my life immensely as well. And to get to meet people like you as well. 
So there are a lot of gifts in that, but stabilizing the nervous system, um, transforming the trauma, like these are the really critical points to make the transition easy. If you're not, if you haven't transformed the trauma, you're going to have trauma responses that yeah. are at some point are going to come forward to deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it makes sense why it would be helpful to have someone who is knowledgeable in that space to hold your hand while you're going through it. So you don't mm -hmm. feel like you're crazy and you don't feel like you shouldn't keep going in that direction because it's easy for people to let their fear stop them because they make their fear mean that there's something to be afraid of. Yes. But it's like, just because you're scared doesn't necessarily mean there's actually something you need to be afraid of or anything you need to do about it other than, other than soothe yourself <laughs> and realize yourself, that maybe yes. the, the fear mm -hmm. is, you know, it's a psychological or a visceral response, but that doesn't mean you're actually in threat, right? It's all usually 99% of the time a perceived threat. So to make the distinction and move from there, I love that your sister said that to you because I'm sure you were like f you lady like right in that know, moment like, like how could you I'm say like, that to me what are you even saying don't insult me like <laughs> that, that so rude yeah <laughs> but I love believe. that she was like you know tough love um in a tough loving way bringing you back to your empowerment like remember that you chose this with your free will girl <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why are you playing? You chose this. Like, act and like it. <laughs> the trauma response was just so pronounced that I really did have to get legit support for that as well, because I didn't realize how to back to the point about identity being wrapped up in what you do, you know, who you work for, what your role is or whatever. But that was really unplugging energetically from the university created that I was giving, I was air quoting here, but giving up a full-time salary. I was giving up 401k and, you know, all of those things that the world would tell us is important. And it's not that they're not important, but there are other ways of creating that for yourself other than being kind of in that servitude matrix that can be yeah. created as a result of working for a corporate entity. So that, you know, having that exit strategy and the, the energetics of the exit strategy supporting me was a big piece of the puzzle in order for me to come out on the other side and to be able to, to call in clients that were perfect for me and to have the experiences that I had traveling in Europe and, and developing my international coaching practice along the way. So those were, but those were the rate limiting steps, really the, the, trauma, the, I'm going to call it this. It was a trauma response to the exit that was unlike anything I'd ever encountered before. Yeah, it makes sense. And it sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Mm -hmm. And I think the other piece that we haven't touched on that I would love to touch on that makes it scary for us is not only the identity piece, but it's the money factor, right? Because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. even if it, this isn't mm -hmm. the exact amount I would want to make, at least I know I'm making it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like right. the known, yeah. even if it's not perfect or your favorite preference can feel better than the unknown, even if the unknown yeah. could be 10 times better, right? So what is your advice to people I guess, who want to make the transition, they're scared out of their minds, they're having the identity collapse, they're scared about their financials. You did mm -hmm. mention exit plans. Maybe we can talk some, a little bit yeah. of strategy there. Um, what so, are your thoughts? Yeah. So money is an important consideration. And I, do you ever see when people ask on social media, what would, what advice would you give your younger self? Yeah. And, um, I do a lot right now with wealth consciousness and wealth consciousness is the capacity to attract, receive, and hold money. 
So what I have said in the past is that before I left to pursue my big dreams in this executive coaching, spiritual development space, I knew how to sell high ticket. I was able to do that pretty consistently. I was able to have powerful sales conversations, create transformation for people. So I had that in place. My Those pieces of wealth consciousness for me were in place. I knew how to attract and I knew how to receive. Here was the thing that I didn't know how to do, which was to hold it. Mm. Okay. So we treat, a lot of times we'll treat money like it's a hot potato. Oh, I have it all. I better spend it as fast as I can make it. You know, it comes in and it goes out to some degree, but there is this ability to hold it and to bring more in, even when you're living in the excess that can actually create a trauma response. Like if you're a little kid and you have your piggy bank and your mom comes in and breaks your piggy bank and takes all your money away, why would you want to save if that's a, an early childhood experience that you've had? Um, this whole notion of holding, being able to hold wealth is something that is still pretty new to all humans, but especially to women. It wasn't, remember, it wasn't until like 1974 that women in the US were actually permitted to have checking accounts without having a male signature mm -hmm. on the account. So this is still a relatively new, I'm gonna call it concept or experience for those, those of us who identify as women. And one of the things that I've had to learn over the past 10 years is really how to hold it, how to be able to look money in the eye and say, oh, this is wonderful. There's an excess there. I don't have to get rid of it. Nobody's going to take it from me. Yeah. Right. I have, I'm a steward of this, of these finances. So in answer to your question, when you're getting ready to make the leap, the wealth consciousness piece, the capacity to attract, receive, and hold money is a piece of the puzzle that I don't think gets enough press, enough playtime in terms of what we're looking at. Because you get in a scramble, you get in trauma response, and then shit hits the fan and you're like, where did all the clients go? Where did all the money go? And you get into kind of a bad spot or that's what's possible. Yeah. So a couple of things I always say is, you know, make sure that you have money in your accounts before you decide to leave for sure. Yes. Heal, heal your trauma, especially the trauma around money. Mm -hmm. yeah. We all have it. We all have money stories. We all have stuff that has happened between us and money, but heal that and then really work on being able to, I'll call it channel wealth consciousness, being able to connect in with it, attract it, receive it and hold it. Yeah, that's great advice because I think the popular sexy piece of advice that like is floating around right now is like, oh, just go all in on your side hustle to make it your thing. And it's like, okay, maybe not everyone's in the position to do that because it's not very self-loving to stress yourself the fuck out financially in pursuit of following your dreams. Like there's a way to go for your dreams and also prepare and create some sort of financial safety for yourself. You know, yes. maybe the path for you is make the plan and commit to leaving. But in the meantime, you know, learn how to save, build your wealth, build a nest egg, have enough so that when you leave, you're not stressed to get clients. You're not stressed to make this thing work right mm -hmm. away because putting that pressure on yourself isn't really conducive to the flow and the abundance mm -hmm. attraction that you want to be in right so it's like in order to release your your like strenuous like need money now energy which is never a good vibe to be in 
do what you got to do beforehand and then move into the plan, you know? It can be an easy, graceful process. Here's what we know, the science of positive psychology. I love using this to illustrate the point that you're making about the stress does not help, right? When you're in scramble mode in, in a new business, what the science of positive psychology says is that the relationship between well-being and success is causal and bidirectional. So as you feel your best, you're going to create more success in any number of variables, including financial. And when you, for example, make more money, you're going to feel even better. So it gets on an upward spiral. But if you are stressed, yeah, you can still make money when you're stressed. Uh, but it's going to come at a cost and eventually your system is going to, I'm going to use the word collapse around that, that stress response. You get into burnout, you get into surge capacity. And then what happens? How do you continue to attract in high level clients? If you yourself are stressed, they can feel that they may not say it, but it shows up in your social media it shows up in your emails. It shows up anywhere where you're showing up because your energy, your essence gets transmitted through all of these, these channels. So your essence has to be at a high frequency. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad we're having this conversation because mm. we really stand for self-love here on High Five yeah. Do the yeah. self-loving thing. You know, there's probably a more gentle approach. You don't have to go mm-hmm. all in on day one. Like you really do want to be feeling safe enough so that you can still be in your creative vibes and feel expansive and open and not have that energy of neediness and desperation and just feeling right. unsafe because yeah. I mean, that just doesn't work for creating anything good or new. Like for me, if I'm stressed, whether it's financially or otherwise, like I can't really tap into my psychic gifts so well. I can't really create anything from inspiration, like pretty much at all. And I'm just focused so much in the 3D that I just get like lost in that experience. Um, so I definitely know what you're talking about. That's cool mm-hmm. how you explained it from the the science. I like that. Yeah. Do you have any more um, cool scientific facts or studies or things from the positive psychology angle mm-hmm. that you could add to this point for anyone who's wanting to make the shift? Yeah. So here's one of my fun facts. Gratitude is one of the best frequencies to show up in every single day, but you know how there's the whole make a gratitude list every single day, right? Well, it turns out the research bears this out that there's an optimal dosage of gratitude, which is twice a week, just twice a week. Because think about it. If you are, you've probably tried this. I know I have. Okay. I'm going to start a gratitude list. I'm going to do something I'm grateful for every single day. And then you do it for like two days in a row. And then day three, you're like, oof, I don't know what I'm grateful for. You have a crappy day or whatever it is. And it's hard. So then you skip a day and then now it's day four. And now you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I screwed it up already. Do I start over? So you start feeling bad about yourself rather than feeling grateful, which is the point. So if you can just make a gratitude list twice a week, that actually has a better effect on your whole system than it does to do it every single day. So optimal dosage for gratitude list twice a week. Back by popular demand, I am hosting another radical self-love retreat this October of 2023. This retreat is for you if you want to heal, play, laugh, cry, raise your vibration, and do all the fun and spiritual things with myself and other like-minded women in paradise. 
See for yourself why past retreat attendees have called this trip the best week of their life, a phenomenal experience, and totally life-giving. We'll be doing yoga every morning overlooking the ocean, healing our inner children, having a cacao ceremony, bonding with other amazing women, sunbathing on the beach, relaxing by the pool, riding ATVs through the Sierra Madre Mountains, and so much more. And did I mention that this retreat comes with one month of coaching with me for free, which is normally $1,200? Just another reason why this retreat is so much more than your typical yoga retreat or girls trip. It's a whole week specifically designed and dedicated for your uplevelment and self-lovery. So what are you waiting for? Join us in October by applying today at kelseyaida.com slash retreat. Pro tip, when you bring a friend, you each save $500 on enrollment. So definitely invite someone special. And I cannot wait to see you gals there. kelseyaida.com slash retreat. Gratitude is the first cause of all good things. So if you can find a way to be grateful for everything in your life, the traffic lights, the the thunder, the phone calls that come in on opportune, in opportune times, if you can find a way to be grateful for all of that, that's going to serve you well in terms of adjusting your timeline to be playing out at the highest frequency rather than mired down by the frustration the doubt, the fear, the anger, all of those kind of lower vibe emotions that we all experience. It's not that you don't experience those anymore, but they have a lesser effect when you're operating at the frequency of gratitude or higher. Yeah. Yeah. That is powerful. It's interesting. The twice a week statistic, Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was coming out of my depression, I was like super hardcore about my gratitude practice because one of my friends was like, oh, I have this gratitude journal. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll try it. Like, Mm -hmm. I already hate my life. So like, what could go wrong? Right. So I like make, I designate this journal to gratitude. And of course I'm like the overachiever types. I'm like, how can I make this practice more hardcore? So like every morning I would write hardcore gratitude, (laughs) hardcore (laughs) gratitude. Every morning I would write a couple of things that I was thankful for, which was hard in the beginning. Cause when you're in depression, you're only really like a vibrational match to like depressed thoughts. Right. So you're like, oh, scrambling to like find gratitude attitude so I was like first grateful for like my bed because I was always sleeping in it or like empty carbs that I was like eating all the time that really like soothing to me or whatever it was and then every day it would get a little bit better and I was like oh okay I'm feeling a little better just looking for the good and to make what I mean by hardcore is I was like well morning time's not enough let me also do nighttime so then in the nighttime I would open my journal and instead of writing down things that I was grateful for I would write down just nice things that I noticed throughout the day, like good things that had happened to me, like, oh, someone held the door open for me, or I saw a ladybug or, you know, just little like synchronicities, little happy moments, any, anything like that. And so every morning, morning, night, morning, night, gratitude, Mm -hmm. this thing happened, gratitude, this thing happened. And it really did. I mean, it really helped to pull me out of the slump. I would say that was like 70% of like what helped me like cure my depression without medicine or anything. I was also like meditating and resourcing help from a shaman and a psychologist and a lot of other stuff. But honestly, I think the gratitude was like the biggest energetic shifter at that time for me. Well, I can't help it. You know, I do the Neo personality assessment. So I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, I know I've got your number sister. (laughs) (laughs) What's my number? (laughs) Well, it's not. But um, there is a, there's a fast factor of personality that's called conscientiousness and people who are highly conscientious have a really strong work ethic. So they are, they experience themselves as highly competent. Like if you put something in front of you, 
you're probably going to figure out how to do it without a whole lot of help. You're not probably going to procrastinate a whole lot. Um, you probably have a pretty strong sense of order, I'm guessing as well. Like you like things in their place. Yeah. And your achievement striving on a, yeah, I bet. your achievement striving <laughs> on a, on a, in a room of a hundred people, if you were to take this assessment in a room of a hundred people, you'd probably be, have one of the highest levels of achievement striving in the room. So when you put all of that together, it would make sense that you would be super disciplined about even a gratitude practice. Now I, on the other hand, have, I'm average on competence or I'm average on, on conscientiousness, meaning I have a real high achievement striving, but my self-discipline is kind of down around my ankles. That's my ADHD. So it makes it, what I want to get at here is that there are individual differences in things like gratitude lists, even when you know, if our listeners are listening to you, they're like, God, why can't I do that every single day? Well, chances are quite good that they're not going to score as high on conscientiousness as you do. There's nothing wrong with that. You just have to find a sacred discipline to whatever practice you choose. For me, it's, I notice happy, I notice happy things every single day. That's just the lens through which I view the world. And when, and I've had depression myself and anxiety and panic and all those things that I referred to earlier. So I know what that's like to, to not experience the world through the lens of gratitude. And then for those of us who aren't as conscientious as somebody who can like hardcore gratitude it, like, <laughs> YouTube, like that's amazing. And then we get, it can get into comparisonitis and we just want to avoid that as much as possible and just find the, the thing that works for you. The best thing for you, gratitude is, is at the core of it. And then how that gets expressed can be very, very different. I don't keep gratitude lists every day. I just notice and appreciate things in my environment. And that works well for me and my ADHD brain. So just yeah. a kind of a perspective. Yeah. That's a great one. Cause everyone's practices are going to be enjoyable in the way that works best for them yeah. right so experiment mm -hmm. with it play around with it you don't have to be hardcore like me I'm not hardcore about that anymore and I'm just hardcore about other things we've moved yeah, on from exactly. that exactly yeah that topic you're selectively <laughs> you're selectively self-disciplined about whatever whatever is most important at the time and that's you know it's one of the things that makes life fun and a little bit simpler is when you can have the the self-discipline to do the thing that you say that you want to do. If you are feeling like you're missing the self-discipline, one of the most painful things, listen, high achievement striving, low self-discipline. Mm, yeah. That's so that painful. sounds it's like a recipe painful. for pain. Yeah. It's pain. And so you have to figure out the workarounds for that. One of the best ways to do that is figure out what brings you flow. Mm. Flow is a consciousness state. It's associated with creativity. You lose track of time. You create in the moment, you're challenged by whatever you're working on, but your abilities, your capabilities always rise to meet the challenge. When you're operating from a place of flow, that's when the self-discipline becomes easy. Yes. Does that make sense why I say yeah. that? Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And I've definitely experienced moments of flow and lack of flow. <laughs> Where do you find your flow? Well, um, I find my flow mostly in writing, uh, moving my body and haircutting. So in oh, the beauty yeah. industry, like haircutting's my jam. Usually most cosmetologists have like a specialty. And for me, just working with the shapes and combing the hair and blowing it out and making perfect straight lines and being very meticulous and like geometrical mm -hmm. about it, like works for me. And I could 
when I first started learning haircutting, I would take like three hours on someone's hair. I wouldn't even know how long the time was taking. They'd be like, are you done yet? Like I'd practice on my friends and family and I'd be like, no, it's not perfect yet. I'm in the flow. For me, it feels like it's been 15 minutes or like when I'm writing a book, like right now I'm working on a book called why the law of attraction works for some people, but not you. And it's kind of like a resistance troubleshooting guide of like, okay, like I said, my intention, like, where's my stuff? Why is it happening? Yeah. And so it's kind of like that next level manifestation, like what needs to happen besides just asking it as given like everything in between. And when I'm writing that book, I get into a flow. I can be in the coffee shop for like a few hours and just be like, ah, oh, this is so good. Blah, blah, blah. Just typing, channeling, getting all these yeah, downloads, cha- putting it all say, together. You're, you're totally channeling that. That's yes, awesome. Yeah. Yes. And then like movement, I love to go to the gym or Pilates or yoga or mm-hmm. meditation too sometimes. But sometimes the stillness is a little rough for me. I like, I like mm-hmm. moving meditation. It's a little better sometimes. But what about you? What helps you access your flow? So I find flow when I channel, I'm working mm-hmm. on a couple of channeled chapters for a, a collaborative book that's coming out later this spring. I connect in with some of my non-physical guides and let them move through me. And that's been a lot of, that's been a lot of the work lately is finding flow there. I just did it. My husband was at the golf tournament yesterday. So I had a whole morning to just channel and that's what I did. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds lovely. Um, and running, I work out five days a week. I'm always at the gym. So I love doing that and hiking a lot of physical activity. Like you, I was an athlete my whole life. I ran track in college. So that was always a thing for me and reading. I'm a reader. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So similar. Oh, and the other place I find flow is doing work like this. I'm looking at how long we've been. I'm like, there we go. We lost track of time. I know. It feels like it's been 10 minutes and we've been recording for about 50. So pretty cool. (laughs) Also, before I forget, I was going to ask you, what is that assessment that you were talking about earlier? If people are interested in taking it, because now I need to know, even though you already gave me my results. (laughs) Well, that was just one piece of it. There's actually, there's a whole bunch to it. You actually, I think that that would be good for you to take actually it would be really cool for you to have that experience the knee it's a neo five factor personality assessment which is the gold standard of personality assessment so you may have taken the myers-briggs or a disc assessment or something like that and while those are intuitively helpful what i have found especially with high achievers is that it tells us more about what we are not than what we are and we live in a culture where the message the major message is you're no better than anybody else and don't get too big for your britches and that kind of, you know, that kind of message. I know Stay I'm humble. preaching to the choir here. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard that song britches? No. Oh my God. It's my new walk-up song. If I were a baseball player, this would be my walk-up song. Awesome. It's by, I have to remember what her name is. Mary Heather Hickman, I think is her name. It's about, it's all of that. Stay humble, be grateful put your high horse back in the stable, like that whole thing. And her, the, the chorus is, I, I always look better when I'm a little bit too big for my britches. It's like, I like my husband, my husband found it. He sings, he even sings it. It's funny. <laughs> that sounds like a great, so answer. we have a big time with britches, <laughs> but the that's, so that's the culture that we're living in. What we find with the Neo, because it's standardized and norm based, meaning that like you took the ACT or the SAT or the GRE or any of the the standardized assessments for your education, we actually have a norm-based 
assessment for personality as well. So your personality is compared to everybody else's who have also taken the assessment. This is one of the only times when I think comparison is helpful, especially for high achievers, because we inherently know that we are different. The messages that we receive though, you're no better, you're no different. Everybody's intuitive. Well, maybe, maybe not. I have a different opinion on that than most people will yeah. based on the, the personality profiles that I've seen. Not everybody is intuitive. Yeah. Not and everybody, it's like, is, everybody can sing, but not everyone can sing like Andrea Bocelli, like, hello, exactly. we all are gifted. And I think the message that you're probably trying to get at is like this culture of, you know, don't, don't like own up to your awesomeness. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's the same. We're all equal. Like, yes, we're all equally valuable, but like, we're all gifted in different ways. And some people Everybody. are better naturally mm -hmm. at things than other people. And that shouldn't be wrong. Like that's why there's billions of people on the planet. So we can all be exactly. great at what we're great at. And not everyone has to be great at everything when everybody is great at something. Make the contribution that you're here to make. One of the other things that high achievers have a problem with, especially women, is that I'm calling it a problem, but this is kind of the way we do life. This message about being well-rounded. Mm, well, yeah. well-roundedness for, for high ability women usually means being perfect at everything. So when we look that. at your, yeah. <laughs> you look at your personality Snaps. profile, do you feel seen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, cause I agree with your opinions. Like yeah. it makes me like pretty upset when people are like, oh, you should make your kids like really work hard at the thing they suck at. And I'm just like, mm -mm, why no. are you making them waste their time and energy when they could be mastering what they're exactly. naturally gifted at? And people could exactly. just hone in on their genius. Like the world would be a so much more efficient, gifted, lit up place if people were allowed to specialize in what comes naturally to them versus yes. wasting precious time and energy trying to be good at everything when there's somebody else out there who's already great at that. So like outsource it, let them do it, tag team with, with them, like collaborate with them. Like you don't have to do it all. So yeah, I'm passionate about yes. this too. So I'm glad we see oh, eye to you're eye. You're like, you're like <laughs> channeling me. I'm like, this is so good because that is, that's exactly, exactly the point of it. So when you look at all of the aspects of your personality and you start to tease out exactly what makes you so unique in the population, most of it won't come as any surprise to you you know this already about yourself intuitively, but there's something about seeing it in black and white on a graphic representation in a data table that relative shifts something to other Yeah, people. it's relative yeah. to other people in a room of a hundred, in a room of a thousand, in a room of 10,000 people. What if you have the most unique perspective on, I don't know, channeling or intuition or, or conscientiousness for that matter? Your life is gonna look very different than other people's lives. And you have a unique contribution to make that only you can make. No pressure. It shouldn't be <laughs> right. pressure. It just should be that this is where you can be in flow. It's not pressure. So, it's permission. Yes. So beautiful. <laughs> oh, so that's is, the Neo. That's yeah. the Neo. I've been giving it for like years. It. And it's my favorite thing to give. Um, everybody who walks into my world gets to take that at some point. I think it's just a really important piece of the puzzle and understanding who you are and what you're coded for, especially at this time. Sounds fun. I'm definitely going to dive 100%. into that at some point this week yeah. and see what's up. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah. If anything, hopefully y'all are getting lit up by this conversation. And just, I think the two key takeaways here are permission to want what you want, permission to 
be in your gifts and own them and use them. And I think those two things can work together to create a really beautiful aligned life that we're just Mm -hmm. not always taught is the best way because there is no one best way. But when you follow your own keys and your own gifts and your own passions and the things that light you up, you'll find the map for you without having to, you know, do what what society says you should do. So do you have any parting words for the people while we wrap it up here before we head over to the Patreon for a few moments? I just feel like the most valuable gift you can give yourself is to know what your heart's desires are and to allow them to come into the light. I think gone are the days, right? We just, there's no more time. There's no more time to waste. There's no more time to worry about what somebody's going to think if you go a certain direction or not. And it's not, it doesn't have to be like a rebellious thing at all. It can just be a, a decision to live your life full out. And the best way to do that is follow your flow, know yourself and heal your trauma for goodness sake. Oh, please heal the trauma. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, that's well, great. it's not all I got, but <laughs> there's, there's obviously more, more. <laughs> for the moment. We're going to put a At little bow on it with that, with that statement and those parting words. So before we head over to the Patreon too, please let everyone know where they can work with you, find out more about you, how they can follow you, connect yes. with you. You can find me on Instagram, McKay. So that's one place. If you want to learn more about the Neo, you can go to drrobinmckay.com forward slash soul aligned. I'm sure we'll put that in the show notes. And I always love to offer $200 off that assessment to anybody who's listening to your podcast. So we'll get a special um, code for them as well. I don't, what do you want that to be? High vibe? What do you, what's a good code? Vibin we usually use. Vibin. All right. Yeah. V-I-B-I-N. Yeah. So yeah. use that code and you get $200 off. And that is just such a great way to kick off. This is still, we're still in Q1 of 2023. It's a great way to kick off the year and to understand some of the things that are going to really support you on your soul's path, regardless of where you are. And also parts of your personality that might need some assistance, might trip you up like anxiety, like depression, like impulsivity, like being overly conscientious mm-hmm. as an example, choir. or underly conscientious <laughs> like I am. So those are the two places. Um, and then I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Beautiful. Perfect. I will definitely make sure to link to that, your website, your Instagram. And then I know in your Instagram link tree, I saw your LinkedIn, all your links there. So y'all can go to her Instagram link tree. That's a good place to be. Everything else will be in the show notes. And we hope that you have a great week and give yourself permission to want what you want, commit to what you want, and just live out your best life and flow with your gifts. That's what we got for you this week. So until next week, we love you. Have a good one and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Thank you to everybody who has left a review and shared the podcast with friends and family. We super appreciate it. It really helps the show a lot, especially because our goal is to get over 1 million downloads before the end of 2023. And we definitely need and appreciate your help to do it. You can further support the show by joining patreon.com slash high vibe to get exclusive content, extended episodes, bonuses, and more. Thanks again for listening. We love you so much. And we'll be back next week with another new episode. Bye. Bye.